your trusted source for news and analysis about Chicago White Sox prospects and player development, covering the Major League Baseball draft and international market, plus the action in Kannapolis, Winston-Salem, Birmingham, and Charlotte. This is the Future Sox Podcast. Well, hello, White Sox fans, and welcome to a pro side first for Future Sox, an actual MLB-tinged White Sox podcast. My name is Ian Eskridge, and joining me this evening are Nick Murawski and the Danny Miller. How are you guys doing tonight? Danny, go ahead, buddy. Oh, well, you know, I figured... uh... Figured I'd leave that to you, but uh, I'm doing well, man. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, being that this is the uh, first time that we are all three here together with Future Socks, uh, super excited to you get rolling and uh, just extremely happy to be here, man. How you doing, Nick? I, you know, you you said it you said it perfectly. I mean, this is uh, what a fun adventure this is going to be um, in a season that, let's be honest, is probably not going to give us a lot of a great moments on the field. You know, you never know. You, they could surprise us, but uh, I think this, this is where we're going to have our fun, uh, you know, having these types of conversations. And, and we've got some stuff to chop up here. Uh, how about that? Indeed we do. Yeah. Um, as I know that, you know, in this uh, offseason, uh, this is one of many huge announcements slash uh, events that are happening. Uh, the White Sox announced that, well, actually, the White Sox didn't announce it. Somebody else announced it, uh, that they were looking to uh, figure out a place for a new stadium for the White Sox. And uh, that area was deemed to be uh, the 78 development, which is a little – it's south of Roosevelt, west of Clark, Roosevelt, and uh, west of Clark, and uh, east of the river. And uh, – North of uh, what is that? Uh, Ping Tom Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, I guess I'll open it up here and say, um, Nick, how do you how do you feel about the decision uh, if it if it indeed does happen that they move to that location? I mean, as a lifelong diehard Sox fan, it's great that you're going to stay not only in Illinois, but also on the south side of Chicago. Uh, I never, ever believed that they were going to be going to Nashville or Portland or anybody anywhere else. But I know that there's a lot of land in, in like areas of Tinley Park and in other sections of, of the burbs outside of the city proper that maybe something could have gotten done. And here's an area that you know, I think has been talked about for a long period of time, has been written about, and like what could be in terms of a stadium. Uh, everybody loves the, you know, the beautiful skylines, right? You know, you're not a, you're not a, you're not a quality stadium, at least in the Major League Baseball world, if you don't have that backdrop, right? That's what everybody looks at. Uh, I'm, ta- I'm speaking of like PNC Park, and, and there's so many others, right, that make sure that they have that going for them. Uh, as an attraction, and then this '78 building it, and if they could, if they could figure that out, which I don't see why not, uh, 
uh, you'd have that. You'd have that great Chicago skyline. Uh, what could be, right? You know, the South Loop over there, again, two miles north of the, uh, you know, Bridgeport area, but world of difference. You know, all the possibilities. There's public transportation stops, restaurants, hotels. It's livelier. It's, it's a completely different atmosphere. Uh, right now, I'm thinking this is a pipe dream. This is this is this is years and years down the road. If it ever happens, something interesting for us to kick around in a cold, cold mid-January day when absolutely nothing has been happening. Uh, meaty, you know, for the Chicago White Sox as a team. This is a lot of sizzle, no steak. But again, when it's been gloomy, this is something I guess you can kind of warm up to and think, well, what could be uh, down the road? Uh, and, and the fact that there's quote unquote serious talks, uh, it gets everybody a little excited. Serious, serious. It's a, it's a very, very good word that you point out there because uh, every article. Uh, written by, you know, one of the news outlets, one of the many news outlets that are covering this. Every blogger, you know, uh, it's a quote that came out in the original article, I believe it was uh, Chicago Sun-Times. And, uh, you know, and that, that that word serious has taken hold everywhere. So, yeah, that's, I mean, to me, you know, it, like you say, it might be pipe dream, but the fact that the word serious is being tossed around out there, means that it, people are at least out there doing their homework on this thing, right? You know, this isn't just like, hey, we're looking at this site and, uh, you know, we'll get back to you type of thing. There's there's definite homework being done. So to me, that's it's interesting, at least in in, in that sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have so many questions. Um, and, <laughs> as, you know, as Nick, as you are uh, – you know, you've been around there for, uh, you know, driving through that area for work. And, uh, Danny, you've got the friend who's got a, a boat down there on the docks. Um, one of the questions I have, and I know that a, a lot of, a lot of Sox fans that we know tailgate in the parking lots with the size of a ballpark, is there, you know, is there enough space there where they're going to have enough parking to be able to hold people or are we looking at uh, a lot less driving and a lot more public transportation? Well, I think, I think that would be what they're going to pitch is, you know, almost forcing fans perhaps because of the lack of, of parking to utilize Rideshare, public transportation, Union, LaSalle, Roosevelt, Redline, you know, here are a bunch of different options. Um, on the weekends, I could see it being extremely difficult. I mean, heck, 7 o'clock, you know, for a 6.47 o'clock game, even during the week, it's tough. You bring up the, the uh, I mean, it's, it's not necessarily uh, – obviously strictly a north side thing, um, but they bought that entire area around Wrigley and basically turned it into a pseudo kind of tailgating thing. But the thing that it does is generate money because if the people show up there, they have to buy things. It's not like a tailgate where, you know, people show up with their grills and are cooking their own food out in the parking lot and essentially taking Jerry's money from him. 
you know, they are going to be forced to spend money somewhere. And it's, you know, people complain about uh, sports-wise. They complain about uh, the amount of money that it takes to uh, to bring a, a family of four to a baseball game, you know. So I can only imagine that, uh, you know, not necessarily that it's always, you know, like a, a family thing because we've seen how those parking lots get. But, um, you know, <laughs> the, Indeed. Uh, the ability to be able to do that as a family – um, that goes away, and the cost of attending said ball game goes up. So, as you were saying, Danny. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, and I just have a couple of thoughts on this because you know, and, and I'm sure we'll you'll have something for us to look at here in a little bit. But you know, there's been a handful of artist renderings uh, of the area with the stadium on it. Uh, in one article, or actually a couple of articles, I saw that. You know, the stadium is intended to be as a baseball-only venue. Uh, somewhere else, though, I heard that, the, you know, there's talks of the possibility of the Chicago Fire playing there with their, you know, contract expiring with Soldier Field. Uh, but really, what I wanted to get at was, you know, some of these buildings, they're talking about uh, adding, you know, living space in the area, condos, apartments, things of that nature, high-rises. Uh, you know, Nick brings up that, even though you're kind of a little on the fringe of, uh, you know, the hustle and bustle of downtown. Uh, but there is still quite a bit of activity in that area. You know, there's bars and restaurants and, you know, universities nearby and, and, and just a lot going on. If there's any kind of events going on in the city, traffic can be a little bit of an issue. But now add in all this living space on top of, you know, not just the sports uh, complex that you're going to be putting in there. And uh, it, just kind of trying to figure out how that works out, because if you've been down Clark Street between, you know, south of Roosevelt, let's say, uh, it's not exactly as if Clark Street's like a super wide, you know, uh, throughway to drive down. Right. Uh, and then, you know, you add in all the traffic that daily is back and forth on Roosevelt because it is one of the more well-traveled streets in that area. Uh you know, add all this stuff in there. And I think it can be a logistical nightmare. You know, we talk about soldier field being bad and, you know, Lakeshore drive is, is wider than either one of these streets is right. Uh, so, you know, kind of trying to force that public transportation thing on folks, uh, is, is going to be something that you're going to have to convince a lot of folks of, especially like we talked about pre-show, you know, some of your older folks, like Nick was saying, you're trying to get your parents to navigate, you know, say oh. you're 60, 70 year olds trying to get to navigate, you know, a public transportation to go to out to a ball game might not be the best way to, uh, to do this sort of thing. Yeah. And I think Danny, I think this brings up a, a you know, maybe slightly different, you know, Avenue, but it might attract a different fan base. You know, if this well, type there you of go. stadium, you know, if this type of stadium comes in, you know, and, and you'd have to look at like PNC and, and Oracle Park and, and some of these other stadiums and, you know, what that did to the neighborhood, what that did to the fan base. Did 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 folks, longtime fans say, you know what, I am not getting into that, that hot mess. I am not driving into that thing. You know, I might. I might go once with, with some family and we'll try to navigate public transportation or we'll go for the weekend and stay at a hotel and catch a game. 
uh, you might get a completely different vibe. You know, you might get more, you know, folks that are, you know, living in the city that have no problem navigating their way in or close to different public transportation lines. I, that That's the thing, you know, I, how this fan base looks could be completely different. Um, you know, I, I think the, you know, the infrastructure, the how to get in, how to get out, that'll, they'll have to tackle that. Or they might just say, hey, fans, figure it out. Like, here, here's what the city wants. Here's what we want. Here is what, you know, is good for everybody in terms of making money. And people will, people will show up. You know they will. But, you know, I, I'm looking at, like, PNC's attendances. And at the end of the day, it's like, what's your product like? You know, right, it, right. And, and we'll and we'll I'm sure kick this around, but um, th- there are a lot of questions still. It's so it's so damn early. Um, I don't I don't think at this current stage it solves any of the bigger issues. But the conversation of well, this this could be Jerry's parting gift for like maybe a future ownership group. Like here you go. Look at what I've done. You know, I, I, I didn't do any of the things I should have done as an owner. I didn't set up my team for success. I, I missed it. I dropped the ball so many times. Right. But here, look, look at what I did. You know, here's I was my, able to here's get, my legacy now. He, he, you know, here, <laughs> and I'm sorry, but that doesn't absolve him. It's not like I would look at, I will not look at Jerry in a new light being like, oh, well, well, he was able to figure out the 78 and he got the, he got the White Sox that park and now the new ownership can do this. No, it's like, you, you should have taken care of all this stuff a long time ago. Um, So obviously I've got some emotions and some feelings about some of this and um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. I like it. Um, so essentially what you're telling me is is that uh, by them building this new stadium with the um, complications to uh, transportation and uh, the parking situation and all that, are we saying that by changing the fan base, essentially, just hear me out, you alienate your first fan base, so now you get a whole new one, you know? I mean, just a just a thought there. Um, Sorry, just had to point out I'm at heater number one now with uh, Nick. Nick pointing out uh, Jerry's legacy and how it was that not triggered going it. down the that way triggered it should. It. All right. <laughs> so, uh, so essentially what you're telling me is when they do the 2024 White Sox Ring of Honor at uh, Reinsdorf Stadium down there on the river, um, are you telling me that you are going to – well, I mean – his widow won't be there, so we don't have we, we won't have that issue. Um, but uh, are you going to boo the dead man? Um, I would boo him as like what he stood for, if that may. And you know, I I think I can compartmentalize it. I absolutely can. Like, I don't. I'm not like wishing for Jerry Reinsdorf to die so we as an base can get a new ownership group in that might, you know, spend the right way that might look at it differently or might, or might align their ways of doing things with what the fans want to see. I'm just looking for a new ownership. 
But I also feel like that the way that that is going to happen is through him passing. Like he has gone on record a couple months ago. Like I got nothing else in my life. I don't do anything else worth noting. This is what I do. Uh, I don't know no. if that's a good enough reason, but who am I? You, you're you're the one, you know. Your dime, your dance floor, uh, Jerry. So go ahead, stick with stick with the team. Um, I, look, I, it, there there isn't a direct like. Just because we get a new stadium doesn't mean all of a sudden, especially if Jerry's still around, we're going to have a different product. Sure, you know, by the time this thing actually gets completed, he very well could be gone and a new ownership takes over. There's no guarantee that they will operate the way we want, you know, it to be operated. They might just look at, hey, we got people coming in because this is a hot place to be. You know, we, we don't need to spend the money. I, I, I don't know. Uh, who knows? I mean, that's why, yeah. you know, it's. I look at you know teams like the Pirates, you know, going back to PNC because it's being compared so much to PNC, and they're rated as one of the best teams. And I was there a few years ago, and it's beautiful walking in the bridge, the Clemente Bridge, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, the skyline, crazy. and and there is so much in the area. Like we just were, we just walked from our hotel, walked to PNC Park. There's a lot to do in the area. It's beautiful, but you know, after that shine goes away. You know, where's the attendance at? You know, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think the Pirates have done anything worth noting, really. Uh, you know, the Orioles haven't really done worth done much with, with Oracle, uh, Oriole Park at Camden. Beautiful yeah, stadium, no. yeah. you know. Uh, well, that's when you go probably, there, you, you know, you generally want to get out of there as quickly as, quickly as you, you can. You do. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I would say that this is probably a little bit more comparable to Bush in St. Louis than PNC because PNC is like when you walk across that bridge, you get to the park. But to get to your other stuff, yep. you got to walk across the park as opposed to Bush where they built that entire thing. I mean, they specifically built it around all around the stadium, it, yeah. around the stadium mm-hmm. um, kind of, you know, just like a, a little oasis in that uh, in the middle of the of downtown St. Louis where, you know, you can walk from hotels, but to get to the area, you still have to, you know, make a yeah, little bit of Yeah, I've actually heard the, uh, the the comp to Atlanta uh, as well. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. You know, there's a, an entire complex built around the, the new stadium down there. Yeah, but again, um, with that one, they went away from the city and built right. it out in the middle of – I mean, literally, like I used to drive through that highway to get to Atlanta when I was out on the road. And, um, you know, you drive by it now and it's just an exit on the freeway. You right. know, I mean, it's it's out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's custom built around the park and they built all that stuff around the park, but it's out in the middle of nowhere. You know, I mean, not nowhere, yeah. nowhere, but, you know, it's it's pretty far away. So. As you were saying, I mean, I I get the whole, I get the big picture. I I do like this could really be something magnificent for a new ownership group to inherit. If done right. Absolutely. Of course, if done right. And there's a lot of ifs. I mean, there's so many, like there's so many ifs and asterisks and, you know, that that's why, Hey, this is fun to talk about right now. But, guys, you know this. Uh, other Sox fans know this. This is just a big distraction piece in my mind. I mean, ultimately. 
You know, it like very with, well with, could be. With, with what with what has not gone well with this team, this organization over the last year plus, we could probably even go longer. You know, from a PR standpoint to just player lack of player development, organizational stuff. You know, nothing is going right. Well, here we go. Look at this. Let's get people excited about something. Let's get them off of the idea that we have no right fielder. We're, we're shoddy on second base. We really don't have a starting rotation, yet we think we probably can compete in the Central in 2024. So, um, We're fortunate I, you to know, be in the Central, I've heard. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, but but this is where we this is what we have right like we're we're given these little like gifts as fans like here you go have this chew on this for a little while dream about this and uh, and that's all I'm going to do for you so um, I, I mean I think there you know there are going to be some people I believe in in Bridgeport that will have no problem with the White Sox leaving I'll say that's fine mm-hmm. go you know I. But there are also going to be, there's going to be a lot of, even though it's only two miles, you know, north, there's going to be a lot of people just, how dare you? We have had roots here since 1900, 1901. And, you know, it's going to, it's going to hit that community. It really will. Yeah. I'm sure the folks be, you know, let's say just east of the uh, railroad tracks where the current stadium is between uh 35th and 39th that 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 little neighborhood there uh are probably most of those folks are probably going to be uh a little less perturbed by the move Uh, some of those folks i'm I'm sure would probably be upset about it you know if you've ever been down those streets on game day you know there's some of those folks that have their garage doors open they've got all their socks memorabilia out there yeah. You know, the whole family's hanging out in the garage with the big screen TV. They got the bar built out there. But then there's the other folks. And I know this just personally because of uh, working uh, for a third-party vendor uh, that you know, had a contract with the team years ago. Uh, there's a large contingent of that neighborhood that is just fed up with the crowds. And, you know, a lot of the oh, things that you yeah. hear about that team on the north side where, you know, you don't really hear those complaints on the south side, but they're there. You know, people they're there on their and, lawn and and parking in places they shouldn't I mean, park, whether they've got a look, pass or I, not. Or. I lived so I moved out of Bridgeport. I moved out of Bridgeport about five months ago. I was there for close to three years. I lived I lived on Thirty Sixth Street to get to my seats from my door into my seats, going through all the nonsense. Uh, Ten minutes it was a ten minute right. walk my front door into my into my seats and i know so many people have those other stories you know it's just a simple walk and they've been doing that for decades and they get together and they have parties and they tailgate at their homes and then they walk over to the games and but i'll tell you on saturday nights and, and friday nights and there's a lot of traffic down halstead especially on wallace there's a lot of riffraff. There's a lot of nonsense at times. And I know there, and I know, and I've talked, I used to talk to different, you know, folks in the neighborhood and some of them were just absolutely fed up, you know, like I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of done with it. They're like, I kind of liked COVID when there were no fans uh, in, the, in the, in the, you know, like in the, in the ballparks, it was nice. It was quiet. We didn't have all the craziness going on. I mean, it's a neighborhood ballpark. People don't, don't want to really think of it that way, but 
it is a neighborhood ballpark. Um, and that's, that, that'll change moving up north. Um, there's, there is definitely an identity. I know, I know people that moved specifically to Bridgeport just to be close to that stadium because they are diehards, and they're like, I, that's my dream. I just wanted to walk to the ballpark. I wanted to be in that iconic neighborhood. So, yeah, it's yeah, all and now you'll have your chance glam. at a multi-million dollar condo on yeah, the same property exactly. as the stadium. Well, I mean, I, yeah, got, right. I got one thing to say to the people that live in the neighborhood that are tired of dealing with the crowds. The White Sox have been playing there longer than you've been living there. I don't care who you are. This is correct. Right. <laughs> so uh, either A, you inherited the house and moved into it. Or you bought the house there. So either way, you knew that it was there, and you chose either to move there or to stay there. And that is 100% on you. Now, that is um, a valid point. And I, would, I, w- I should have talked to some more folks that were there for, like, generations. And what was the difference from old Comiskey, you know, to the new ballpark? And did it, did it change anything? You know, did, did it alter the street patterns, the path of folks migrating from kind of west where like wings and rings are, making their way east to the ballpark? Um, how did things change? Did they see a difference? But I, I totally yeah. get your point. I mean, that's, um, that, that's valid. But, I mean, uh, you know. Again, I mean, it's it was literally it up, just Butter across Cup. the street. So right, you know, yeah, it's not like anything could have changed that massively, other than the fact that maybe if they've been there for generations, now more people have cars. Um, but I will also say that you know part of the pro- part of the problem there, when you complain about the crowds, is that people have changed, and maybe there's less consideration and. It's not necessarily yes. that they're Good fed point. up with living next to the ballpark. It's that they're fed up with people because people, you know, let's not, you know. Yeah. No, I, you, you, no garbage, you're, you're so. right there. You're, you're absolutely right there with that thought. Um, you know, times have changed. Absolutely. Uh, I'm people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I am. You know, I, I think also like, hey, Bridgeport is one of the few in my personal, you know, in my belief, one of the few great neighborhoods where you could still you, you can get a single family home. You can have that feeling like you're in a quasi suburb. Not really. Okay, you're still in Chicago, but you still have that, you know, there are corner shops, there's parishes, there's schools, you know, relatively safe. I hate to say that, you know, because that's that's such a broad, you know, relatively. There's a lot of areas in Chicago. There's a lot that are relatively safe. You know, we get blasted a bunch of stuff about Chicago that you got to just take it with a grain of salt. Um, Mm. But Especially on the South side, you know, people that have never experienced the South side tend to think that South side is a war zone. And uh, unfortunately, as somebody who grew up on the South side, my, you know, my entire uh, young life, uh, you know, of course I was a midway kid, but still part of the South side of Chicago. I, it's, it's not, what's, it's not a war torn everywhere you know what i mean there are certain pockets that yeah of course you probably don't want to go into them if you're not familiar with them but 
Uh, it's an underdeveloped pockets scare people. I mean, like, yeah. like, like when you've got stretches of like nothingness and boarded up homes and you know broken windows and it doesn't look like anybody's paying attention to these areas and you got to walk through them or under dicey overpasses that are probably deemed unsuitable. That that is frightening, right? You want to see life. You want to see happening. You want to see you know shiny new stuff. You want to you want to feel like. You know, there are eyes around this place uh, and, and there aren't stretches of desolate nothingness. And that's where I could see that that cozy feeling of like, well, maybe this is going to like this will be this will breathe life uh, into the area of the South Loop. Will, will the fans will, will the, all the fans come with it? That That's the question. I don't I don't think that people are going to stop going to i mean obviously the people right now that are fed up are not going to go at this particular point um until you know the team shows them but uh you know that is what that is i'm going to go ahead and bring up a couple of these pictures because i did prepare them so i'm just going to go ahead and throw them on the screen yes uh so here is the uh the actual uh google maps here of that area of the 78 and uh, it's just this big, huge hole right here in the uh, in this map uh, is the proposed place. Um, and here is the drive. Uh, if you are not uh, familiar, um, guaranteed rate is down on the bottom of this map. And the red dot up on the top is the corner of Roosevelt and Clark, uh, which is where the proposed site is. Um, Again, this could all be much ado about nothing because this could ultimately just be, you know, some sort of a, you know, tactic to soften up somebody to try and get, you know, Jerry's trying to get somebody to give him some money for something, um, you know, like he did with the other park. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, ultimately we'll see. Here's a uh, – bring up one of these mock-ups here. Uh, this is a mock-up of a uh, – East facing, uh, a northeast facing, uh, you know, view out to the lake. And, uh, you know, you can see a nice little uh, water taxi down there in the river. And uh, that's, you know, roughly the area where they're talking about building it. And, you know, from how wide it looks, you know, if they put a park in there, there's going to be no place for lots over there, you know. So, well, unless you build a parking structure. Yeah. Unless you build a parking structure. Um, Which, you know, just going back to that conversation really, really quickly here. Uh, you know, we talked about the whole tailgating thing being a, a part of the identity of, of the South Side team right now. Just a thought. If you're going to do something like this, if you want to throw a parking structure in there and then maybe, you know, make the top, the very top level of that parking structure uh, a tailgating area, you know. A, a certain what could go wrong. <laughs> well, well, oh, yeah, that's true. I guess you know. But I, I, idea, Danny. What's that? I think it's an outstanding idea. It'll Danny. be. It'll look oh. like the federal building downtown, where it'll have giant fences at the top with razor wire on the top of it because they're worried about somebody jumping over the fence to plummet to their death. I'm just saying. I say you get for, a pontoon yeah, for a home boat run ball and, and just pull up. <laughs> you know, a pontoon party boat and just pull up in the river. And then you're good. There you go. Well, you know, like I said, Buddy's got a, a refurbished 65 foot yacht about two blocks north of there, so uh, that might be something that uh, could happen in our future. 
But uh, and I was just thinking, you know, if you take the proper precautions, maybe a certain money hungry ownership group could, uh, you know, rake in a pretty penny for paying premium spots for those those top open area uh, parking areas of a, of a large parking structure. Just yeah. a thought. Yeah, I mean, unless uh, I mean, it's going to be difficult. How about this? It's going to be it, there. It's definitely not going to be like guaranteed rate with all the parking around the outside. Correct. Um, even Correct. if they built a a parking structure, you know, to uh, amass the kind of parking that you are going to need to fill a park like that, that you need to have available for a park like that. Um, that's going to have to be like a twenty story, you know. 10 acre right that's garage structure <laughs> i just don't it'll be fun leaving oh could you imagine oh i mean people complain complain about the uh the lots now but if you get stuck on floor 20 of the parking garage you're not leaving for three and a half hours yeah right hey you know i maybe i hadn't thought this through all that much but you know it was just uh just no, throwing some stuff totally, off yeah, totally fine just- <laughs> I mean, there are there are like uh, satellite uh, lots that I know are just open on Sundays for Bears tailgating. You know, they're they're just odd little pockets in the South Loop area that are you know you can park you know during the during the day they have they have opportunities to park, but on Sunday it's like this is Bears parking, and that could pop up. You know, you you just are going to have to get creative. To replicate some of that, there, there's other opportunities. Yeah, the thing there's about other that, land those, areas. There are there actually are some areas just across the river that they might be able to use. I know you know with the picture we're looking at right now shows the rail yards, but just north of there across the river, there's I know there's some industrial area that at least doesn't seem to be used. I don't know if it is or not, but you don't really see a lot of action over there sometimes. But you know, going back to what you're saying about you know Sundays <clears throat> and the Bears, uh, you know this is Bears parking only. We're talking, you know, Bears, it's, that's eight home games, maybe nine home games a season, depending on the year. Uh, we're talking about 81 home games for the White sure, Sox. Yeah. I don't know if that would typically work out, you know, the same way it would for your Bears uh, game day. I mean, it's possible Jerry yeah. just knocks down the uh, knocks down the rate and puts another parking lot there and then just gets a bunch of buses to just shuttle everybody over to the new park. He's going to get his parking uh, they could. money. You know, you could essentially cover the rail yard across the river as well, too. Yeah. Well, um, so we've seen that done. I mean, over near near Grant Park, there are big swaths of that rail yard that run behind uh, Grant Park. there, just what to the west of Grant Park that are all covered and and built upon. So just another thought. Yep. Uh, Here is a another mock up uh, facing south down the river. Uh, So many happy people. you got some crew, uh, some crew boats out there on the on the river. You got your water taxi. You Bro. got uh, some kayakers. Um, you know, looks uh, everybody looks so happy. Um, yeah, it must have been after a win. Yes. So that's yeah. Um, oh, well, the current stadium deal is up in twenty twenty nine. They've got you know five or six years or so to uh, figure out the uh, product on the field for this retool. Yeah, yeah this it, is um, it's fun to talk about uh, the the dream. Like, and a lot of people have been dreaming about this, right? Uh, ever since the new ballpark went up, just oh, you missed it. You missed the opportunity, you know, the, to have the skyline and you know, it, 
I've been hearing about it, and I know you guys have been hearing about it. What what the stadium is right now, I think it's a fine stadium. I really do. Uh, there's plenty of opportunities to walk. There, you know, the open concourse, the kids area. There's a lot of now the regulations. That's a whole different story. Not allowing 500 level to come down to 100. Not being able to get the people into the venue. stadium. Yeah, yeah. The, the running when of there's it. like five thousand fans in attendance when they suck, hundred yeah. percent. But the actual structure, in comparison to the, a lot of stadiums that I've seen, it's not a bad stadium it's at not. all. What they have done with it since it opened in 1991 and all the different renovations. I mean, again, what what troubles a lot of people is that it's out in in a bunch of parking lots. The the location, the neighborhood. Uh, the lack of life around the ballpark immediately and, and the lack of the view, you know, that's what a lot of fans that come from different stadiums or wherever that that's what they have the big problem with is, is just, there's no skyline view. Like, and that's the new thing. And I said, if you take that guarantee, if you take that actual stadium that exists at 35th and shields and you place it at, on lot 78, even though I know that's not how it's going to go, I think everybody would all of a sudden say, wow, look at this stadium. Look at this situation for the White Sox. Oh, my goodness. This is one of the top 10 stadiums uh, in all of baseball. Like, all we did was just move it two miles north, and you've got your views now all of a sudden, and you've got your water area. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I just, you know, we hadn't done a major league podcast yet for Future Sox, so I wanted to – Get on here tonight, since this was a uh, a prime opportunity uh, to just kind of throw out some food for thought and uh, hear some different uh, feelings on the park. And uh, I think I think we did that. Um, we, uh, you know, I'm sure that some other interesting points will come up here in the next uh, couple of weeks. And uh, you know, we'll get on here again, um, whether I'm with you guys or not. Um, but uh, we'll get this uh, major league side of things happening here, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, thanks, thanks, guys. Thank you so much, Ian. Yeah, this was great. Yeah, it was really good to uh, get in there, uh, especially uh, getting the opportunity to work with my uh, new co, uh, you know, new my new partner on the on the, the upcoming show that we'll be doing together. It was uh, fantastic to sit down and talk with you tonight. Yeah. Um, so this will yeah. be available on. Uh, it'll be available on YouTube, audio only, and uh, we are we are posting this video as well. Um, so um, Future Socks podcast. Uh, go ahead and subscribe, and uh, you know, go ahead and give us a, a rating on there as well. Um, hopefully, a good one. Um, FutureSocks.net. Uh, you can find all the written content, including a uh, story that just came out today from. Uh, Nick Morowski right here. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, you can follow us on uh, on the X at uh, Future Sox, at Future Sox. Um, I am Ian Eskridge at Daily White Sox. Uh, Nick Morowski at Nick GGTB. And uh, Danny Miller down on the end over there, whose uh, nameplate I screwed up because that's his old and he changed it since he moved over to Future Sox. Now it's Danny Miller fs instead of wsd so uh thank you guys so much for uh taking the time to listen um and uh we thank you guys uh for your time we appreciate it you guys have a great night and we will talk to you guys later thanks